Amen. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, yes, so today we are talking about praying for one another. And when I was uh, preparing for this sermon and this talk, I started to look back at all the, the moments in my prayer journey, in my prayer life journey. And I'm someone that naturally enjoys prayer. Um, I naturally enjoy intercession. intercession. Uh, I, I know that's not always the case, um, but I just kind of naturally like it. Um, but there's been these significant moments in my life where I've gotten to use that heart, where I've gotten to step out in prayer for people, and God's really marked me by these moments. And so I was thinking about all of these moments, and I'm really just thanking Jesus for them. And I, I remembered this, one of the most significant ones for me. And I was in the Ukraine, it was years ago now, but I, uh, I was in Ukraine and I was working with a homeless shelter. And one afternoon I come in and this woman runs up to me. And I'd never met her before, but she, for some reason, she took a shine to me that day. And so she runs up to me and I can see how distraught she is. And she's weeping and she's emotional, and she starts speaking to me a mile a minute in Russian, thinking I could understand her, which I couldn't because I don't speak Russian. So, but she's just like pouring her heart out in Russian, and all I can think to do, all I know to do, is to pray for her. And as I prayed for her, I was so broken for her. I just, I caught the Lord's heart for her. And I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that, that he was speaking freedom for this woman, that he was speaking healing for this woman. And so I just start praying those things. I just start agreeing with what I hear the Lord doing, with, with what his heart is giving me. And all of a sudden I have this heart for her and we're just crying together. And this continued for like, a couple hours, like a solid two, three hours, her crying, speaking in Russian, and me crying and praying in English and in the spirit. Eventually, a translator comes in. Thank you, Jesus. And I can finally hear what's actually going on. So the translator comes over, and I'm like, oh my gosh, please help me. I have no idea what's going on, but this is happening. So I hear her story. And she, uh, she was a recovering alcoholic, and she'd gone out the night before and gotten drunk. So she was very ashamed, um, and she was feeling really embarrassed about it. But also, her cancer had returned, so she was physically unwell. And in the last year, she had lost a son. So she was broken. She, her life was a mess, and she was in so much pain and grief. But I didn't know any of that before I prayed. I just knew what God was saying. I just knew his heart was breaking for her, and so I just said yes and amen to what he was speaking. I just, I just prayed his heart. I prayed my tears over her. And when I did that, when we step out and we pray for one another, this connection forms. 
I was so connected to this woman. This, this woman that I had nothing in common with. Like, all we had in common was Jesus. You know, she obviously didn't speak the same language as me. She was a different age, a different background and life experience. But none of that mattered because we were connected in prayer. And that's what prayer does. It, it so easily connects us because prayer doesn't even just invite us into this. It, it basically forces us to meet you in whatever space you're in and whatever your need is in. If, if I'm praying for someone, I'm opening my life to that person and I'm recognizing their need and I'm stepping into that place. I'm stepping into the gap. That's often what intercession is described as, that we stand in the gap for someone. And likewise, when I'm being prayed for, I I also have to, to open myself up for connection. I have to humbly and vulnerably say to you, yeah, I have a need. Yeah, I I need prayer. This is what I, I need you to pray for me for. So prayer forces us into this space together, this space of of vulnerability where we all know we need God. And so prayer acts as a bit of an umbrella for us that that we all stand under as Christians because we all need prayer and we all need to pray. And so we're connected by this, this beautiful thing. That's We step out in prayer and we step out in connection with one another. The other thing that happened as I prayed for this Ukrainian woman that really marked me and stands out to me, and this often happens when we pray for one another, is I got the Lord's heart for her. It wasn't my heart that was broken for her. It was God's heart. It wasn't my love that I was pouring out to her in tears. It was the Lord's love that was pouring out to her. And so... When we pray for one another, we get to to model what Jesus is doing and model what he's speaking. Because Jesus loves to pray. He's praying for everyone all the time. In fact, uh, Romans and Hebrews, they both give us this picture of the Lord that, that says Jesus is our intercessor, our great intercessor, even now. So right now at, uh, at 11, fi- I assume this clock is right, 11.15, Jesus is interceding for you right now. He's constantly interceding for us because he's our great intercessor. And we get to model that posture and heart. Even when you look at Jesus' life here on earth, like he was on the cross, what was he doing? He prayed for his persecutors. Before the cross, John 17, he prays for us. And then Luke 22, this one always gets me. So Jesus finds out that Satan has asked to sift Peter, his good friend, one of his best friends, Peter. And Jesus's response is to pray for Peter. Jesus, the the Lord Almighty, you know, Emmanuel, God with us, that Jesus, Jesus, the God who, who has every resource of heaven at his fingertips, his great response to hearing his best friend is in trouble is to pray. It's his first response. And we are called to model that. To make prayer not our last-ditch effort, which, let's be honest, it often is. But to make prayer our go-to, our first response. As soon as we hear someone is in need, we pray. 
That's what Jesus did. And prayer, this, this idea of speaking to the creator of the universe and expecting him to respond, that we could, we could actually ask the creator of the universe for things and expect him to, to intervene, that whole idea and concept of prayer, the heart of it is agreement and authority. Because God designed everything, right? He's, he's a pretty good creator. And so he thought of all this stuff and he designed the world and he designed this kingdom and, and he, he can do whatever he wants. He can take things away, he can add, he can revise, all the things. But he has chosen to design his kingdom and this world in a way that invites us to partner with him constantly. Jesus is always inviting his people to partner with him. His, his whole deal is relationship with us, is connection with us, is partnership with us. And so his kingdom, in order to release his kingdom on earth, he's given us an authority to partner with him and agree with what he's doing and release it. He's not going to go against the, the authority that he himself set up. And we see this authority right from the beginning. Genesis 1, uh, you know, he, God makes Adam and Eve and he tells mankind, go and take dominion over this earth. Subdue this earth. You have authority to take dominion here. And it's a theme and an idea that's repeated throughout the New Testament and certainly throughout the Gospels when Jesus sends out the disciples with authority. He's given us authority. He's also given us free will. And he won't violate that either. Because free will is what allows us to choose or not choose him, to love or not love him, to partner with him or not to partner with him. And he's not going to go against either of those things. He's not going to go against authority. He's not going to go against free will. That's how he designed his kingdom. So prayer is when those two things come together. When I say, from this freedom you've given me, Jesus, I'm going to choose to partner with you. I'm going to choose to, to hear what you are saying about a person, about a situation, about whatever. I'm going to choose to listen in and agree with what you're doing and speak it out in prayer to release it with the authority you've given me. It's an amazing thing. Prayer, when we really understand this, when we really understand how much Jesus values our prayers. It, it changes things for us because prayer is, is so, so important. And it's not just like a casual thing that we do. It's, it's the first response. And we're told repeatedly to pray for each other. I'm just going to read. These are just some of my favorites about prayer. This isn't even all of them. Ephesians 6, 18, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for the saints. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens. James 5, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Again and again and again, dozens of times throughout scripture, we are told, we are commanded to pray. And specifically, we are commanded to pray for one another. Prayer is important. It is powerful. It is key to the Lord's strategy of bringing kingdom to earth. 
There's this amazing wild story of just how powerful prayer is and a praying church can be in Acts 12. I'm going to read verses 1 to 10. I'm sure it'll come up so you can read along. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door regarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak round you and follow me. He went out and followed him. He did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. Okay, so Peter is in prison. The church prays for him. The church earnestly prays for him. Another translation says unceasingly or fervently prayed for Peter. So there's this aspect of of enduring, consistent, constant prayer. And he is miraculously, supernaturally set free. Praise Jesus. But did you catch what happened to James? Because James was in the same predicament. And yet he dies. And I don't think that's because James was any less loved by the church or by the Lord. I don't think James was any less significant to the mission. The only difference scripture gives us is that Peter was prayed for and James wasn't. The church earnestly prayed for Peter. They didn't do that for James. I don't know why that is. You know, I don't know, maybe they, they learned their lesson with James, and they, James died, and they thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Like, we need to pray. Jesus, like, you have to release Peter, and started earnestly praying. I don't know, that's my theory. But I know prayer clearly changes things. It, it changed everything for Peter. And I don't want there to be like a weird guilt that happens here. I don't want you to start thinking, oh, maybe that thing happened because I didn't pray or I didn't pray in earnest or or anything like that. Please, please, please do not hear that. I don't think the Acts Church felt guilty because they didn't pray for James. But what what I need you to understand here is that prayer is important, that your prayers change things. That you have the authority to partner with Jesus and bring his kingdom to earth. There there are are Peters that you need to be praying for. There's also Jameses that you need to be praying for. Because 
your prayers change things, and Jesus is waiting for your prayers. You know, there are, there are things that, that won't happen until you pray. There are people who won't step into everything the Lord has for them until you pray. There are, there are, are mountains that need moving and seas that need parting and captives that need freeing. And it will not happen until you step into the place of intercession Jesus has for you. Because he's given you the authority to do it. You have that authority, church. You have the authority to to bind what needs to be bound and loose what needs to be loose. You you have the authority to to heal the sick, to cast out demons. You've been given the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over every work of the enemy. You have that authority, church. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. that's how much authority and power that you have been given by the Lord you have his spirit and we we pray these sweet quaint little prayers these oh you know please could you do this maybe or you know, Jesus, if it's your will, do this. Well, we're supposed to know Jesus. We're supposed to know his will. We're, we're supposed to know his heart and character. We're supposed to be so intimate with him that when something happens, we immediately go to him and say, what are you doing? What is this? I think sometimes we come into his throne room in prayer as servants. And we come in and we're like, oh, hey. Just, I don't know if you, you get to come boldly before his throne. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. So you get to swing open that door to the throne room and say, Dad, Dad, I need you. Dad, did you know this is happening? What are you doing here? Tell me. Dad, my friend's sick, but I know you're the healer. So heal this person. God, Dad, you, I need a miracle and you're the miracle worker. Like we can boldly come before his throne. That's what we do in prayer. Because we know who we are as sons and daughters. We know the authority we've been given as sons and daughters. You know, Jesus, we we always call him the king of kings. That's one of his names, one of his titles. He's the king of kings. Who are the other kings? We are. You see this in, it's in 1 Peter, it's in Exodus, it's in Revelation. You, if you love Jesus, you are called to be a royal priesthood. That's what he says about us. We have authority, we have access to the throne, we have access to the, to the wisdom of God. We are so much more powerful than we think. And if we aren't going to take this responsibility, who is? Because the Lord has entrusted us with his spirit. He's given us the authority to agree with heaven and release it. We have that responsibility. And I just think, 
I think we're robbing the church and, and the world of what God has for them of what he has for one another because we're not praying for one another. We're not listening to Jesus and, and, oh, what are you saying about this person? Amen, Jesus. Let's release that in their life. Yes, Jesus. Bless what you're doing in them. We, we don't... We just... We're downplaying prayer so much. And actually, prayer is one of the most significant things God's given us. We have a responsibility to to use it. And I know some of you are listening to this talk and you're like, okay, just simmer down, Sarah. Like, you're getting excited. Calm down. You know, that's great for you, but I'm I'm not a prayer. I'm not an intercessor. I'm not a prayer warrior like you. This, this, no. No, you don't get to say that. That's like... That's hogwash. That's, that's some grade A baloney, okay? That's just not the case. If you love Jesus, you're a prayer. You are called to pray. You are commanded to pray. We're all prayers. The, there's this beautiful passage in Isaiah 56. It's one of my favorites, and it's the Lord describing what his dwelling place is going to be like. And so he says that he longs for his dwelling place to be a house of prayer for all nations, for all people. And I love that because he could have said a lot of things there, right? Like he could have said, oh, I want my dwelling place to be a house of peace, a house of joy, a house of of teaching, like creativity, all of these wonderful things that are pieces of him, that exist in his presence. He could have said any of that, but he doesn't. He says a house of prayer, And then he says a house of prayer for all, not just for the pastors, not just for the life group leaders, not just for the really holy ones. It's not a house of prayer for the prayer warriors and intercessors. It's a house of prayer for all people. His desire and longing is to be a house of prayer for everyone. Now, here's the really fun part. Because of Jesus and because of the new covenant that Jesus has given us, because he gives us Holy Spirit as the seal of that new covenant, we are now the dwelling place of God. Holy Spirit is living inside of us. We are his holy temple. And so because of that, his desire for his dwelling place to be a house of prayer Actually, that means his desire is for you to be a house of prayer. That's what we're called to be. So how can we do this? How can we be the house of prayer that the Lord is longing for us to be? Well, there's a few really practical things you can do right now, today. So the first is, why not join our prayer email? So every week or two, I send out a prayer list. Uh, I email it out with prayer requests specifically from our church family. You could join that. That'd be great. You could join our weekly prayer call. So Wednesday mornings, 7.30 to 8.30 a.m., we get together on Zoom and we pray for any and everything. I really love our prayer group. Uh, We've seen some amazing Jesus stuff happen. We would love to have you there with us. The third thing is just pray. 
today. Just start praying for someone, for anyone, for anyone that pops into your head or heart. Just start praying for them. Even if you're like, oh, they probably don't need prayer. They need prayer. Everyone needs prayer. Just start praying for them. Even if it's um, like a celebrity or someone you don't know, whoever is on your heart to pray for, just pray for them. For the better part of a decade, I've been doing this thing with Jesus where when I hear a Kanye West song, I pray for Kanye. I don't know what those prayers are doing, but I know the Lord has put him on my heart and I know I'm commanded to pray, so I pray for Kanye all the time. Do that. Like, like just start praying. There, when you, oh, we all do this, when you leave a coffee date with someone and you say, oh yeah, I'll pray for you on that, yeah. Remember to pray for them. In fact, if you have the time, pray right then and there so you don't forget. Just start praying. It's pray without ceasing. Do it, do it naturally. Do it honestly. Some of my best prayer times are when I'm holding a plank in the gym because I'm just desperate to distract myself. So Jesus will start bringing people to mind, and I just start praying for them. Yesterday in the gym, I prayed for most of the band. I prayed for a bunch of people in church. Like, just start praying. And if you're still a bit like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Sure, maybe I'll get around to that. Okay, cool, I get it. We're supposed to pray. Guess what? You're not getting out of it that easy. Because we're actually going to pray right now. You're the ministry team. We're going to pray for one another right now. And you should be excited about this. Because Jesus is excited about this. He's, he's building in Coastline and his global church this prayer muscle. He's restoring it to us again. Because it's so key. It's so strategic. It's so important that we catch this for the revival that's coming. So this is what we're going to do. Um, the, the band's going to play for a bit. And um, you might feel you want some uh, more like personal prayer. That's totally fine. There might be a really specific issue you want prayer for today. And so all you need to do is hit the request prayer button. Um, and then you'll, you'll just be taken to a little chat room. And you'll get to pray with someone one-on-one. -on -one, so feel free to use that now. But for the rest of us, we're going to use that wonderful little chat feature. And so what I want you to do now, and this, this is the connection part, this is the humbly and vulnerably putting yourself out there for connection with the family of God. I want you to write out, just even if it's like one word, even if it's just my ankle, just put it in the chat because we're going to pray for you right now. Maybe there's um, something that you've been praying for and you just want someone to, to yes and amen it. Maybe, um, maybe it's someone in your family's salvation. Put that in the chat. And as these things are coming up, it's now the rest of our responsibility to listen to what Jesus is saying about these things and to agree with it and release it. So maybe there's a, a physical sickness that's coming in. Well, we know Jesus is healer, right? So we're gonna agree with him as the healer. 
speak prayers of healing over that. Maybe um, maybe there's a, a provision miracle that, that people are praying for now. And so if that's the case, well, we know he's Jehovah Jireh. We know he's the God who provides. So we're going to agree with what he said, who he is. Maybe as you're praying for that person and you're listening in, maybe the Lord will even give you some strategy to share or some prophetic words. Just put it in the chat. But go ahead and, and put it in the chat if you have a prayer request. As they're coming up, everyone else, start praying. Start praying out loud for these people and for what their needs are. It might be God's just starting to bring people to mind. Pray for them. Just start praying for them. I'm going to give a few minutes as the band plays. We're going to uh, sing one more song. So there's time and there's space for you to really practice this. For you to, to listen in and hear what he's doing and release it. And I really challenge you, don't just, don't just like blanket prayer, like, yeah, I pray for that, I agree with that. Listen to what God is doing. Listen to what he's saying about that situation and agree with that and pray with that because that is where your authority comes from. That's where things are released. Jesus, yeah. So come Holy Spirit, come into this space. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the great intercessor. And so you are teaching us how to pray. And so I pray for that even now, Jesus, even in these, in these little details and moments, and um, that you are teaching your people how to pray today and how to pray with faith, how to pray with earnest. Jesus, yeah, come Holy Spirit, come Jesus.